happens in all this world. Podcasts fill the streets. There's only two men over in order to the chaos. Welcome to Hardcasters, another festive edition. That's right, it's time for our annual Christmas edition. Um, some podcasts like to do them more than once a year, and I'm all for innovation, but we are very much, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of podcast. So only one Christmas special per year from us. I am Dominic Duplum, um, and the ever-French Dick Visage is sat opposite me. Say hello, Dick. Hello. You, you boy, what episode is this? <laughs> it's the Christmas episode yeah we're, we're recording this from one of our um surveillance vans well i was gonna say we're in separate surveillance vans because of uh the ever present covid and yeah this is our this is our second christmas one which means that our our podcast this non-stop runaway train of whiny voices and poor enunciation um has straddled two christmases it has it's like um jesus birthday isn't it really <laughs> Well, Christmas literally is. <laughs> Jesus, I would have heard that one before. We're we're currently broadcasting in the it's the Unicron variant, isn't it? Yeah, the, they had Omicron. Unicron is when it mutated into a giant robotic sphere and started gobbling. Yeah. Which is nice. And we chose the surveillance vans because they're not getting much use. And frankly, tutting at people because their nose is poking out their mask is less sexy than the usual dangling from helicopters and strafing pow camps in the depths of the uh, of the jungle so um we thought we'd get there our money's worth out of them a little bit exactly now if you remember in the previous christmas uh, extravaganza we kind of built up to suggest we were going to be doing the classic christmas action movie and we sidestepped you and dropped die hard 2 on you and i think safe to say this year we're playing no games. Um, it's Christmas. We're an action movie podcast. We're, of course, of course, going to cover uh, Invasion USA of course we are. starring Chuck Norris. Oh, the classic now, Christmas film. So um, I, I've seen this film a, fairly, a fair amount. I own it. I watched it last year. Not on Christmas, just watched it last year. And so watching it again, it's quite fresh in my mind. And yet, very much like Showdown in Little Tokyo... I've I've still got a lot of questions, probably more questions than I had when I started watching it. How how did you how familiar were you with it? What was your initial um reaction in a nutshell? Again, it's one of them films like I remember seeing, but I think it had whenever I saw it back in the midst of time, it had less of an impact on me than it did when I watched it the other night. Mm. And I was a bit like I was a bit kind of like Oh, I don't remember being like that. Um, <laughs> as, as we know with the Christmas film, mm. you know, we've discussed this at length, that all Christmas films have a series of codes of conventions that you know this film fairly follows. Yeah, and, the, and the, they're not just like ones we see, or they're not just narrative ones, they're also ones of spirit, like there's a spirit to a Christmas film. Exactly. How does this film open? Oh, um, with a massacre of immigrants <laughs> on a ship. <laughs> of immigrants. But the immigrants <laughs> that we see on screen are not like, you know, kind of rough, tough, burly men. It's an old man and a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film that is really weird. It's re- And it's not, but it is really, it is really weird. 
And it's one of those things when you watch it through the lens of a... If you were going to spoof an 80s action movie, you'd probably just make this because it's its own spoof. Yet it's not. And when you realise it's not a spoof, and there are some... In terms of the way it's plotted, if at all, the way it's kind of shot, the way the action is handled, the ideology behind it is all just bonkers. And at times slightly grubby and unpleasant and other times just absurd two films like it was two films battling almost trying to get out of like a wrestling match trying to yeah but neither one so you've got this very two tonally film against each other mm. you've got a woman throwing a dustbin lid and calling chuck norris a massive bastard <laughs> and in another one you've literally got a bloke find a rocket launch in the house of a child <laughs> And, like, that was the next scene. Merry Christmas. Um, totally. So weird. Yeah. So to discuss the plot, there isn't one. There, There is no story. There is no plot. There is nothing even remotely relating to the traditional script writing structure. Um, we have a bad guy called Rostov, played by Richard Lynch, who plays lots of really good bad guys. And he's, he's a pretty shitty human being in this. Of all the shits we've covered, he might be one of the shittiest. It goes at length to create him as a shit. The thing yeah. that we see him do on screen, yeah, it's like, how can this guy get shittiest? Do you know what I noticed? He shot three characters in the cock. Well, yes. Shittiest. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, what would you... Now, this is what I'm trying to get at. In terms of the bad guy, What? 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 Who? what is he? Who is he? What's his job? What do we know about Rostov? So, basically, he's a Russian... Shit. Who looks like Rick Mail, <laughs> which is really disconcerting. Yeah. And his ideology is to infiltrate America and basically cause civil chaos or civil war. Yeah. Now, forget correct me if I'm wrong, that's it. That's it. It like I I'm assuming he's a terrorist, but it's not it's not very very clear what We know he's got history with Chuck's Chuck Dorris. Yes. No that. And that history uh, consists of one scene. Kicked in the face. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rostov. I don't think he's called to invade and destroy America. <laughs> no. He, he's going to blow up a nice house with a bazooka and Chuck Norris kicks him in the face. That's their in, the entirety of the backstory. Now, Chuck Norris plays Hunter. What What's his job? Uh, it's to wear a lot of denim. <laughs> yeah. It's basically to, again, I'm not really sure, but I, he lives in the Florida Keys. He drives one of those fan boats. Yeah. Wrestles an alligator. I don't really know beyond that. And then a man in a, yeah, a man in a suit turns up and says the company. So that possibly is a CIA operative, but they never talk about that. Basically. Or pulls a file in. Yeah. Right. Rostov is a foreign bad guy. Chuck Norris is an American, or Hunter is an American hero. Yes. He kicked Rostov in the face once, and Rostov blows up his shack, and then that is it. Beyond that, neither of them have a plan. Any any other characters they really interact with, bar their right hand well, right hand person Rostov fired, and the occasional back and forth with a reporter who is barely a character. Um, there is no family. There is no mission. We don't know why they're doing these things, and even the plan. For Rostov to invade America, gets to a point where he causes chaos, and I'm sitting there wondering if any one of his of his gang turn around and say to him, "So what's the plan now? Mm. 
I don't know if he knows the answer. I don't understand. I think he would just scream, Hunter! Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll go back out and sort it out. Because what's funny as well is, like, they start off causing chaos, but as it goes on, the, the, the targets get smaller. Like, at one point, Chuck Norris visits a fairground, and one small child riot has been blown up. I'm like, well, what's the stra- strategic value of that? They're, they're, they destroy a card shop in a mall. I'm like, what's the big plan here? Uh, like to disrupt and it doesn't seem to disrupt america as much as you'd think not at least like a governmental level it's just some cops and some people in the street get a bit flustered there's one scene that i liked i generally thought was quite interesting the bit where there's like a cuban community center and basically Mm. they turn up dressed as cops and they just gun down everyone yeah that scene is completely it feels like it's pulled from a different film because it's done Certainly, if you show that to people in this day and age, it's done in a, in a kind of very kind of, you know, all oh, the cops are bothering us again. They just <laughs> mow everyone down. And then the real police turn up and then it's just this civil war. And actually, that, that feels really harsh, quite gritty and, you know, they do a yeah. really nice scene. They do a similar thing in Maniac Cop where you, the, the violence starts to make people distrust the police. And, you know, this was late 80s. Maniac Cop was in the 90s. There's some, you know, social political stuff going on in America at the time that that directly relates to, at least in the in the 90s. But then it goes nowhere. They go back to just throwing bombs at school buses, and they have, they seem to go after children quite a lot. I think it's to it, weirdly to make it more brutal than it was. Which mm. after a while, it was just like, nah, this is. It's like you're you're just hammering home, like you're hammering home a point with like a sledgehammer when you you just need like a yeah. you know a kind of screwdriver, which is a bit strange. But that scene felt like it had impact. Yeah, created this social disorder it created this mistrust that worked. The mm. Rest of it didn't. And that the part of the reason is where you think there might that might be some kind of message or issue, it then just becomes a series of uh, vignettes, and Chuck Norris just arrives at these scenes and i don't know how he gets there or how he knows they're gone he, he just turns up like batman like he's got some kind of crime radar whenever see him listening to a police radio nope. this is supposed to be happening all over the country it's set in florida so it's set in florida so it's the florida keys and i get the impression that it, it they go to a building which i believe is referenced in atlanta so as far as i know it's set like in the south it doesn't seem to go anywhere else in the country or we don't seem to see anywhere else in the country there's one scene in there as well so you know it seems to have like a social message that the police are mistrusting mm. and it was trying to create this social disorder it felt like you know there's a there's a big thing about freedom in america and actually by having this freedom therefore they were their own worst enemies Mm. which I thought was actually some sort of message in there. But then there was a scene where you see Chuck Norris drive down a road in his massive souped-up stupid van with about mm. 600 lines, <laughs> and it's just this hellhole. Like, I don't know what they're trying to portray. Yeah. There's a bloke punching a mm. woman, there's women fighting, there's a mm. gang of, like, you know, what look like the village people <laughs> running towards the van. Bottles. But I'm like, are you trying to say that America's broken and actually it needs to be reset and Chuck Norris is the hero? Or are you trying to say that... Yeah. I didn't, I did, it felt like they were trying to launch too many social messages. And, and whatever one. the social message is, whatever whatever combination, I don't like it. It's something that makes... that just is For reasons that... So, I mean, case in point, the bad guys 
are just all foreigners. They're just, there's some Asian people, there's Russian, I think I detected like a German accident there as well. Cuban, I yeah. think. It's just basically anyone who is an American uh, is a bad guy. Um, and But they're not even like a, a, an elite military unit. They just they look like they should be hanging out in a biker bar in like uh, every which way but lose something. They're just sleeveless, beret-wearing thugs. But the Americans, apart from Chuck Norris, were also portrayed as vest-wearing. Yeah. The only good person, or the only hero of any description was Chuck Norris. Yeah, he's the only, he's the only person. Focusing on Rostov a bit, we we first meet him killing a bunch of innocent immigrants on a boat, which is pretty bad. So the next scene, which is he's trying, <laughs> I mean, to, he's trying to sell drugs, isn't he? Yeah, to to get the money to to fund we- all weapons or whatever. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Um, this scene always makes me laugh, not because it's funny, because it is actually really unpleasant. It's just it comes out of nowhere, and it's so excessively nasty. And I was pointing this out to um, Diplom Junior because I showed him it, and was saying that um, he's three. I mean, he's you know he's got to move up from CBBS at some point. Um, but he's got his own podcast now as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's better than ours. It's it, yeah, it's just where he deals with the trauma of me showing him these violent scenes um, in his early early years. Um, because every every move Rostov makes in this, every choice is the dickish, most possible dickish. Yeah move you can so he's in this room with billy drago and i will say this might be the first time i've ever felt sorry for billy drago he's still he's still just an he's like a slug you know you look at it in the corner room like why is there a fucking slug in the house he's just awful him appearing on screen is like treading on a snail barefoot yes it is it's the same reaction and there's a, a a lady um who you know I'm not suggesting she's a prostitute, but it's a very seedy area, and she's next to him in his office, which is on like the first or second floor. She looks like Brian May. Brian May in a in a well, she looks a, a, like an, a direct cross between Brian May and Anita Dobson. Anita Dobson, yeah, I was going to say she's got a little red dress on, and she's um, got a, like a. Thank Christ he didn't try and kiss her because the film where Billy Drago was kissing the Death Room, oh. ep- episode seventeen. Um, yeah. <laughs> FYI, that looked like he was trying to eat a cream egg. <laughs> Yeah, it was trying to decream a cream egg, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this this lady is—I won't say innocently—snorting uh, cocaine. I mean, she's she's minding her own business. She's got a little metal straw and she's sniffing it off a mirror. And um, Billy Drago walks up to Richard Lynch and, in a particularly slimy way, says, "Nice doing business with you." And Richard Lynch goes, "The pleasure is all mine," and then immediately just slams the back of the woman's head into the mirror. Cracking the mirror, so the straw goes up her nose and blood starts pissing out of her face. Now, firstly, no reason for that whatsoever. Nope. Not only does it mean that that Billy Drago, who has a gun, would be able to react quicker, that woman was doing nothing to to Richard Lynch. Then he still managed to get the gun off of Billy Drago, because Billy Drago's just not, I think, just as shocked as everyone. Like, what a prick move to do. Now, he then does shoot two people outside who are guarding the room, which makes sense. Yeah. He then, as you pointed out, puts the gun down the front of Billy Drago's trousers and fires two bullets. Now, that's either as an act of savagery or is so accurate he's putting one in each testicle. I'd, I'm not sure yet. Now, you could think, well, maybe he's trying to make sure there's no loose ends. But he doesn't finish Billy Drago off. He just shoots him twice in the box. And then, 
he should be done. But then he just goes, no, you know what? This woman in the corner, who I had no interaction with, is pissing me off. So he grabs her and throws her out the window. Throws her out of the window. <laughs> of this first floor thing. And then walks out. So Billy Drago is possibly bleeding out, but we don't see her like a kill shot. And you think, hang on. What's the, the woman of all people is the least threatening. Yep. And it's not like he then goes on to keep a low profile because... So I don't really know why he needs to eliminate anyone as with him. He's just being a knob. Yeah. And then the next time we see him is, as you say, there's this lovely little street. There's kids putting up Christmas decorations. Uh, this lovely little suburban area. And they just rock up in a van. And he's at the back with a... What is clearly um, a single-shot bazooka that reloads itself just starts firing rockets into every single house. Yep. Now, we do see the kid run out again, so there's a suggestion that they survive. It lingers on the house. It's quite a nice shot because it pans across this housing yeah. state. They probably don't call it in America, but it pans across this, this suburban scene to kind of linger <laughs> on this chaos. And it's like, how much more of a prick do you need to portray your, your bleed bad guy as? Like, he's just shot a man in the ball twice, threw the woman out the window... And fired a rocket launch in this, be- this lovely little family's house. He's watched the little girl put a Christmas star on and he's fired a bazooka to her house. Yeah. He's tried making the most evil shitbag ever. Yeah. It's basically everyone foreign against not just America, but Christianity and everything yeah. wholly American. Yeah. Um, now, that you would think that Richard Lynch being such a bell end and he, like i say he shoots other people in the in the nuts as well he, he grabs the guy later on and puts again gun down the front of the trousers shoots him three times so one on each testicle one in the in the shaft this is after yeah he does he, he's here and pop this time mm. be, like you say the word grimy is is completely relentless it's shot in the dark it's shot in mm. shadows it's very grimy everywhere he goes it's like lots of slimy sleazy people mm. but there's a bit when he goes into a bar and i don't I don't really know what he's established his characters a bit too long, mm. but essentially they, 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 the terrorists chase these two kind of Cuban-esque Americans down and then Chuck Norris appears to shake them down as well because it mm. suggests they're an informant. Um, and Chuck Norris is kind of beating the crap out of this guy and then these kind of two muscle-bound guys mm. who were in this previous scene go up to see what's going on. And Chuck Norris comes out with this, such a good line. It's uh, basically, go on, I'll let, you, I'll let you do the line, deliver the line. Uh, if you come here again, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. Amazing. Which, I'm going to say, is not only the best line in the film, it's one of the few lines in the film. Like, no one really says anything in the movie. Yep. And when they do, generally, you think, oh, I preferred it when they weren't talking, because the dialogue is just so obvious and robotic and lacking any kind of colour or flavour or humour. It's the only thing that resembles like a joke bar the the dustbin thing. It's the only thing that doesn't feel like it's... I mean, to criticise this for being cliche would kind of... You know, we know what we're doing here. We know the film's watching. But even by... It's the kind of dialogue that a cliche would roll its eyes at. It's just the most perfunctory stuff. Um, the only but, thing as well this line does was to add any any form of charisma to Chuck Norris's character. Because mm. Chuck Norris's facial expressions does not change. Mm. One facial expression for the whole film. The facial expression that covers tying up an alligator, it covers bantering with his best friend, mm. it covers seeing his best friend murdered, 
hmm. covers a, a reporter flirting with him slash calling him a bastard. And it hmm. also covers him firing a rocket launcher. Yeah. He has the same facial expression. When your facial expression for flirting with a reporter is also the same expression for looking at burnt children's bodies, yeah. that is a worry. And that leads me on to my other main point about this film and why it's so grubby is that as bad as Richard Lynch is, Chuck Norris is also an arsehole in it. He I mean he ex- he executes a lot of people. Like they're on the floor and he just and they're they're not even armed and he just shoots them dead. And even when he interrogates people, he doesn't get any answers out of them. No. So that that guy he's fighting the you know when he after the the uh, beg for a left line, he doesn't get any answer out of the guy. So he just puts a grenade in his hand and walks off. Yep. But then still knows where to find Rostov and where the bad guy still shows up in all the right places. Yep. Um, they're they're about to bomb a church at one point, and they put a bomb by the church door, and they unravel wire all the way across the rest of the street, and they press the button to go, and the bomb doesn't go off, and they look up, and he's on the roof like Batman with the bomb, and just drops it on him, and then manages to fire the bomb by putting the two wires together, which is not how that works. Um, but it's just it's just so bonkers and but with the delivery line like he's just ordered a coffee yeah is this yours like if john virgo <laughs> was delivering action line that's what it sounds like absolutely and that's basically it now what's weird is at the end the big action sequence at the end is largely handled by someone else the only other bit of plot i think is that chuck norris gets himself deliberately arrested because apparently as well, as he's been going through and saving all these people, he's treated as a vigilante and the cops are after him more than Rostov or some, some shit. And they arrest him and they take him in and the camera's like in their faces, like we've finally got the guy who's not doing the terrorism. And he looks into the camera and rather than sort of saying like, it's you and me, Rostov, he delivers a very long, convoluted, not, I wouldn't say it's poetic, but kind of abstract thing. And all I could think of, imagine you're anyone but Rostov watching the TV. You'd be like, what the fuck is this nut job talking about? (laughs) Anyone other than Rostov, just like, who is this nut? And anyway, it it convinces Rostov to get everyone. Now, presumably not everyone all over America. And we never see any of the other carnage going on in America. We never know whether that gets resolved or not for reasons we'll talk about in a bit. Everyone in all of Rostov's kind of rentagoons to charge this building... And then it's a trap because actually the army are all there and basically the army just surround them and just execute them. Um, while Chuck Norris is upstairs taking on a few of Rostov goons. But rather than that being like a like a fast-paced action scene, Chuck Norris is basically creeping around like Jason Voorhees. He's, he just pops up and executes someone and disappears again. Now, Joe Zito directed this, also directed, I think, the fourth Friday 13th film. And there's a lot of DNA in that. It, it feels that kind of grimy... And Chuck Norris is very much just like a pop-up, kill people and disappear again. Um, the, the NC, though, they don't just have a duel, like a pistol duel, do they? No, no. It's um, it's bazookas at dawn. Um, they have a bazooka off. Rostov spins, fires his... But Chuck Norris already has a bazooka. Disintegrates Rostov. You see his leg fly out the window, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And then literally, we cut back to Chuck Norris. Credits. Amazing. It's just like there's nothing, there's no resolution. We don't know what the point of any of this was. No. What happens to any of the characters? For all we know, there's still children being blown up elsewhere in the in the in the country. There's so many dead people. Like the body count is immense. 
Yeah. Just and because it, these these two kicked each other in the face. And it it's it just feels so nihilistic and so what are we supposed to take away from this? That everyone but Chuck Norris is a, is a scumbag. It's kind of like it, it it's close it's closest in its DNA to taxi driver. Mm. Only if at the end, like the American anthem played as Travis Bickle was shooting up pimps. It's basically like like Amazing Taxi Driver was a heroic superhero action movie, yeah. not an indictment of you know uh, grungy seventies America or New York. It's it's bonkers, and it so bungles the tone. You know, to have your film have like there's literally a point where they're on a freeway and a car. Full of all where all of them wearing berets, bad guys, just sticks a time bomb on the side of a school bus. Yeah. And again, Chuck Norris magically appears and takes it off again. But you think the amount of times that children are put a threat in this film, that's never fun. No. Not in a not in a big action movie. And for an action movie where Chuck Norris is running around in double denim with two oozes, you think this should be more fun yeah. than it is. And yet, because it's so so far away from the target, it is fun. Like I, I, I have so much fun watching this movie because it's like every choice. Yeah. I'm like who thought this was a good idea? I, it's, it's mad. It's so mad. But the action's great. Yeah, I mean the action sequences and the kind of you know the set pieces are impressive. They've clearly <laughs> spent a lot of money on the on the battles. It's got to be. It's got to be Chuck Norris's biggest. Biggest movie, easy, easy. Like the, the bit at the end with these helicopters and tanks. Mm. I mean, this looks quite impressive. It's just, it's mad. Like I say, I thought, I think to anyone out here, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of these kind of movies we talk about, you're going to find lots to enjoy. But it's not going to make you laugh in the way that Commando does. It's not like a joyous action film. It, the entertainment value and the joy I get from it is because it's watching a group of people starting to bungle it so bad that you kind of feel like this is horrible this is like you know someone going to do a nativity and then just having diarrhea on stage it's like it was unpleasant it's unpleasant but it was hilarious to watch kind of thing this is kind of roaring kind of soundtrack that comes on if the end track for this would summarize the film it'd be some Drunk guy playing a recorder, really hard yeah. tune. Yeah. Like, like, so, oh. so our Paul, our Paul quotes for this are drunk recorder playing, or an activity ruined by diary. <laughs> or oh, the drunk recorder playing ruined by diary. Yeah. Well, that's that's Invasion USA, starring Chuck Norris and directed by Joe Zito for you. Um, a Christmas classic. <laughs> If we were gonna turn this into, you know, if we were, if we, uh, if we thought in the, if we were part of the marketing department at the time this brought out, and we thought this is gonna be big, this is gonna be like a rig regular Christmas movie, we better, we better sell some merch for this. What would you want to see in terms of merchandise? What would you want to buy off the shelf? Well, I did a bit of research into this, so they actually released a novel. A graphic novel based on this film, which I have no idea. I'm assuming they probably wanted to draw more emotion on Chuck Norris's face, like you know, <laughs> a raised eyebrow or some form of human ex- expression. Mm. Yeah. Basically, his expression is his beard. Yeah, took the, took the beard away, 
it's basically like the John eyes and the fetus. Yeah. Obviously, there was an actually existing bit of merch there. I think some form of mm. denim, like Christmas denim. Yeah, jeans, like a, a line of jeans, but all in one denim, like a denim rumba suit or um, onesie. Like a giant romper suit, like babies are. Yeah. But for men. For men. How about a denim beard? One you could wear. <laughs> There's little strips of denim. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think a whole line of denim clothing is denim swimsuits. I was thinking of, of uh, something that would be representative of what the film is. And so I thought like a, uh, a Chuck Norris serial, like Lucky Charms. Yeah. It's him in the double denim with the two oozes, the, the famous image on the front. And then the secret gift in it um, because obviously this film seems equally protective of America and disgusted by itself. So inside the Lucky Charms, this sugary American cereal is just like some kind of metal barbs to choke on. And then when you get to the bottom of it, in the bottom, there's a, just a picture of Chuck Norris tutting at you. As if to say, it's your own fault, you gluttonous shit. Yeah. <laughs> on the front of the cereal, it's a little girl putting a star on a tree... Yeah, with a cuddly bear that looks like Chuck Norris. You know, you got the sugar puff monster. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Chuck Norris. I mean, they're not that far. Yeah, <laughs> far. he's not smiling. <laughs> pretty similar. But then you spin the packet round, no. and there's a word like a um, like a maze you draw the back, and it's the villain firing a rocket mm. launcher through the maze, and it finds its way to block this little girl. <laughs> that's that, that's what you have to do with a pen. I like that. Do you remember Tin Can Alley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like an invasion USA where the gun's like a plastic Uzi and rather than cans, it's just children. <laughs> that, yeah, those, those are pretty. Now, um, before we go on to our pitch, and I'm generally concerned we can't pitch something as ridiculous as this film. Or, or as just really soul-destroying. Um, I've got a little Christmas surprise for you. Now, this is this is a visual thing, which means that um, obviously for the you, you people listening at home, if indeed there are any, you're going to have to rely on our, our descriptions and uh, Dick Fasage's reaction. So I'm just going to share my screen. This is something we've we've we, we're both familiar with. We both worked on a long time ago, um, but I don't think we've really looked at together in a long time. Um, it's not your penis operation, is it? So, <laughs> God, oh, <laughs> it's like I've seen a picture of old family members. <laughs> So, um, a while ago, we decided to come up with um, some mock movie posters. uh, And we'll try and describe the posters and the plots that we came up with for these. So, the first one is um, uh, a kind of buddy cop movie. And it's called Crumbs! And I think what we were thinking here was, what if Biscuits became cops? (laughs) (laughs) I think, if I remember the potted pitch, is cops mm. who infiltrated a biscuit factory they got involved in an explosion. Yeah. Some sort of, you know, chemical explosion. Well, I mean, the, the tagline says all that. It says, two cops, one biscuit accident equals the toughest crackers in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the characters' names. <laughs> yeah, Bob Knob and Gary Baldy, obviously. Um, the poster represents them coming out of packets of biscuits with lots of explosions. There is one of them, I believe Gary Baldy, riding a jet ski away from a Humvee while everything is exploding. That's correct. And the other one is Bob Nob being dangled over a giant cup of tea, <laughs> ready to be dunked. Um, 
And the second tagline is, that's the way these cookies crumble. Bob, Bob Nob. I'm not going to describe the next one because I think... <laughs> Because this one's not safe for viewing. Oh, God. Um, just, <laughs> just let's say it's got a gynecological kind of theme to it. So let's, let's skip to a non-action one. Let's skip to crabs, exclamation mark. Or sh- to be fair, Judas P. Brickenfacker's crabs. Um, this is a horror film. Yeah. Uh, we've beaten plague, survived war. Now my, mankind must face the worst case of crabs in history. Um, and then there's a little tagline underneath the crabs tile that just says they'll nip the shit out of us. Um, and this is... New fracking fuckers crabs. Now, next is kind of going for a more 70s theme. This one's called Deadly Craps. Oh. <laughs> uh, and it's got a man in safari suit and he's throwing dice onto a table. It's called uh, Murder, du- Murder, Corruption, No Dice. And it says that it's not just Frank Craps dice that are loaded. Frank Craps. But I think... I think we just like the fact that the term deadly crap sounded like uh, painful arse issues. Um, now, the next one. So, <laughs> this one <laughs> is, a, is my favourite title of all of them. Oh, it's my poster as well. <laughs> now, I've got to get this right. Dick Tock Clock Cop. <laughs> Dick Tock Clock Cop, the man with no time for crime. <laughs> Stop. Starring Chad Shatterbags. <laughs> Chad Shatterbags as Dick Tock and Buster Smalls as Officer Bing Bong. Um, the the tagline is, when the big man hits the little man, it's time for Dick to spring into action. Oh, my God. Is that a... What's his face? Juliet Lewis's dad. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Lewis and Tim Thomason is playing Chad Shatterbags playing Dick Tock. Um, Shatterbags. And there's a there's a tattoo, and I can't really zoom in. Oh yeah, go. Thirteenth Airborne Clock Squad. Don't get mad. Get cuckoo. Is tattooed on his arm. Um, yeah, Dick Tock Clock Cop. There. Now this one was one of your titles, and I think it's great. Even Stevens. Oh yeah. Featuring a film called a character called Stephen Even, which I think's genius. This is I think one of our earlier ones. Betrayed by a woman, hunted by the mafia, wanted by the law. Justice is dealt. Bounty hunter Stephen Even, a bum hand. So he's not just going to get mad, he's going to get even Stevens, which actually works as a tagline. Um, the poster is <laughs> this film a beautiful thing. Features a silhouette of a karate man against an explosion, a helicopter hang glider chase, and a man playing saxophone against the sunset. Um, I, I, this is not too far from a straight-to-video action movie. Jeez. Um, I've just remembered what another one was. Now, this one's a bit more ambitious. Um, Hot Slots. Um, I think that the, this was a kind of RoboCop riff in which a cop was fatally wounded and placed inside a fruit machine that was then placed inside a mafia den that he could observe them. Um, the Detective Jack Pot. Yes. The Las Vegas underworld can spot a cop a mile away, but would they suspect a fruit machine? Detective Jackpot takes the gamble, and he intends to collect. Um, again, this has got two great taglines. Odds are you die, and it ain't just life that gives you lemons. <laughs> basically, the post is a fruit machine with a pair of arms, one holding the cop badge, one with an Uzi. Yes. I believe those are my arms. <laughs> they might. Yes, I think they are. And I do think as well, the eyes peering out, I think that might be Tom Selleck. Yeah, it's my uh, Tinder profile. 
<laughs> That'll be hot slots for you. Laser Force is a kind of riff on Megaforce, um, starring Brett Butternuts and <laughs> Felicity Nougat. When the world needs a car that can transform into a helicopter in a speedboat, you know who to call. But Brett Butternuts is is a is a good name. He looks like Brett Butternuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, this one. <laughs> Favorite. Favorite. So this one, please bear in mind, this one is not meant to make fun of the death, but is meant to represent the kind of tone deaf '80s poster. Um, this one. So this is starring Chuck Norris, um, and it's called. <laughs> Well, I'll, go, I'll read it from top to bottom. Basically, there's Chuck Norris. He's got an ear horn, and there's two silhouettes of there's silhouettes of guns and two people doing sign language. Uh, he's playing the character called Frank Pardon. Frank Pardon was the... <laughs> <laughs> Frank Pardon was the most bigoted cop on the force, but now Colombian drug lords have taken his hearing. He not only has to fight scumbags... But discrimination as well. Chuck Norris is one deaf bastard, and the tagline is now hear this. I think thematically that all ties together. Um, Pardon. <laughs> We're not talking about this <laughs> um, oh. And I think this is our last one, shooting blanks. Um, this features a man with a moustache and his shirt open, lots of cars blowing up and stuff. Um, and I I think this one's quite convoluted. To clone the perfect army, you need the perfect balls. But Frank Jaffa is too attached to his. I, I believe the, the 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 point of this is someone steals his testicles. Yeah, yeah. It takes balls to take balls. It takes bigger balls to take them back. Hauser Van Guns is shooting blanks. Frank Jaffa will learn his balls are inside him all along. <laughs> that has got one, two, three, four taglines. Um... Yeah, and I think that's that's everything there. Two balls. So there we go. There's a nice little Christmas uh, surprise, not just for uh, Dick Fassage, but for um, uh, all you people out there uh, as well. We hope you had as much joy um, of us verbally describing them to you as we did looking at them. Now, Jesus had three gifts, gold, Frankenstein. Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Frankenstein, he gifted... Uh, he was gifted with a Frankenstein. You fucks had eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus get a, a Chuck Norris film. And there were three wise men, there's only two of us. And we're not... We're not that wise. Barely men. <laughs> So, yeah, we're faced with the conundrum of how do we pitch something that's as ridiculous or more or, or than the film we've already seen. Now, I don't know if you've had thoughts about this. We had a brief exchange when we decided on the film. Mm -hmm. um, we like the idea of sticking with us with a similarly dodgy ideology. So we took this idea of the war on Christmas, which if I'm right... It's where people think they can't wish other people a Merry Christmas because that will upset a foreign person. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. So we're going to take that as a literal thing and there's going to be a war on Christmas mm. and everything that is traditional and good about that and our hero is going to defend it. Now, my thinking yeah. was 
we could go American, um, keep it international. Or one of the things we could do to kind of add this separation to, from what we've already seen is to what would Invasion USA be like if set, if set in the UK? So okay. I think if we can hone in on what a UK Christmas would like, because let's yeah. face it, we don't have snow. We don't have white Christmases. We don't have that warm, fuzzy feeling. We're a bit more cynical. Yeah. So our Christmases look a bit shitter. <laughs> yeah. And I, if I may, I have had some thoughts about how we can set this up. And already, <laughs> in my head, this is better from a storytelling point of view than Invasion USA. So my feeling is a corrupt politician mm-hmm. has declared that Christmas is cancelled. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not too far from the truth. No. <laughs> yeah, we should separate church and state, and so Christmas is going to be cancelled. Yeah. However, it's because he's in league with a, a cadre made up of the worst of UK's enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is going to be the <laughs> 80s, so it's probably going to be like the French... Uh, now <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we pissed them right off yeah I'm, I'm i'm pitching this as an 80s thing it could be now like the argentinians oh yeah the, yeah they're all right now but we're, i clearly in the 80s we didn't like him because yeah. it was a you know a bit of bit of land that we fell out about yeah and he's using them to slip them in to the country to destroy christmas for his own benefit and that's the setup and our hero will we'll just have a vague thing. Maybe he was XSAS or something. So the villain, I think, should be have like half a scarred face. Now, um, I think with the hero, who did we kind of look up to in the 80s? Like huh. Christmas time. I mean... Because I've got a couple of ideas about this. Edmonds. Yeah. He-Man. Yeah. Slade. Yes, Noddy, and, oh, Noddy Holder. And Roy Wood uh, in Wizard. So yeah. big, beardy, hairy men. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That is good. Now, I will say, and I do worry, is because this, this act has got nothing to do with Christmas, but I felt that, weirdly, his name hasn't come up Wrong. at all in this podcast. And since it's Christmas, so I didn't know whether you fancied... <laughs> Oh, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on, on this guy, couldn't we? Yeah, it's whether we want to do we want to keep him in the chamber and fire him on a later project, or is now the time to bring him out? I mean, I think it's got to be the carrot youth angle. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's okay, be, isn't it? So this this requires again. I'm sorry, some context. Um, we are pitching the actor Kevin Lloyd, who was um played the legendary. Character. He was. He was. He embodied uh, Tosh Lyons, um, who was a character in a, in a TV program called The Bill. Which, if you think of American TV shows of Hawaii Five O, um, and that's the only police show that's <laughs> dramatic, action-packed, you know, mm. police TV shows. The Bill was very much like a soap opera. Yeah, be police and Tosh Lyons. Uh, was a kind of red, round, balding, moustache-wearing man who, even at this stage, and I do, you know, I do feel bad about this, that synonymous with alcoholism, which might not have been... Was that his character's plot? Or was that the it was. It, no, it, it was both. 
Um, he looks a bit like he wears. He always wore a grey suit. It was quite grubby. So yeah, you imagine someone at a Christmas party who got a bit too drunk every single year. Yeah, and just you know he set himself on fire or shoved his face in a punch bowl or yeah. you know he fell off some scaffolding yeah. or something like that. And we have written. I guess what can only be described as fan fiction for Tosh Lines before the Wait, character Tosh Lines. Weighty tomes. That that kind of picture him as an aggressive, uh, horny, yeah, well. dangerous drunk. Yeah. Um, side story, uh, I haven't met him, but as a kid, I saw Kevin Noid in the flesh. We were on holiday in Spain and he was sat three tables down to us in the, in the sun cooking away. Was he and really my, red? And my dad waved at him and he nodded back. Um, was, he, was he really red? I remember being quite red, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so I'm going to refer to him as Tosh Lines because okay. I don't, because actually Kevin Lloyd's life was quite tragic in the end and we don't want to step on that. So, um, so Tosh Lines is our Chuck Norris. Is what, you, what you're saying is hmm. when we pitch this, and further versions of British action films, mm. Tosh Lines is our Chuck Norris. Yeah, only if Chuck Norris wasn't in good shape and couldn't do martial arts. But possibly had some form of expression in his face. Yeah, Tosh Lines' idea of martial arts is maybe getting out of a chair without shitting, <laughs> shitting himself. So he had, not... he had very black hair, but very, yeah. it, just at the sides of his temples, a big black moustache, like Dennis Franz would probably mm. have. Let's Actually, say, yeah, a, a UK Dennis Franz is probably they, the yeah, best. Yeah, a, a beige trench coat, yeah. kind of uh, just below a waist. Well, he's tie. clearly had some miniatures in the pocket of that have, that have spilled, and there's a stain. Yeah. Full of miniatures, black tie, <laughs> white shirt, and grey slash black trousers, and a pair of espadrilles. Yeah. There is your mental picture of Tosh Lines. Looks like that. Yeah, I mean, someday, hopefully, the audience out there will have some kind of device where they could type his name in and get an image. They wouldn't have to rely on our descriptions, but I mean, we're, we're not in the we're, future yet. We're, we're hopefully in the process of negotiating with Audible yeah. to, to narrate the versions <laughs> of the weighty tomes that we've created. Mm. Okay, so this is Tosh Lines. Um, Breakaway, first fe- feature film, Christmas special, if you like. Yeah, yes, a feature-length Bill spin-off. Yeah, featuring Tosh Lines um, defending Christmas. Now I'm going to give him more character than Hunter in in Invasion. You say I reckon I mean, he's, my, he's chi- got- my child drew a cr- crayon drawing today <laughs> of like of me, and it had more character than <laughs> Norris in Operation USA. I, I think um, a he's got a son, and he's he's been on some special operations, some deep cover, and he's looking to getting back and having a traditional English Christmas with his son and wherever the finale takes place um i think the finale not i know said wouldn't plan this should be uh at somewhere where the lights are being turned on which is the uk tradition where we turn on christmas lights i think like blackpool tower or something they're turning lights on a blackpool tower that's a good shout and his son's there and that's where the lead terrorists are yeah um and tosh lyons has got to get back to spend the traditional christmas so Who's playing the shit politician? So are we saying shit politician is someone who's kind of taken over and kind of got right? Christmas is is evil. It's full of consumerism. So, but he's really selling it out to line his own pockets. So we don't want a kind of boring grey English kind of old man. We want mm. almost like a 
smarmy, slick, but ultimately a shit villain. I think he's kind of coming. Yeah, guys, we don't need Christmas because it's it's not cool. So here's what we're going to do. So what about um? There's what got to be some... his face. Um, Paul Nicholas. <laughs> Paul Nicholas is perfect. Um, for anyone not in the UK, we're <laughs> we're not going to explain any of this. Just Google. So get Google up next to you and just type these names in. Uh, Paul Nicholas, absolutely, yeah. But someone like someone like you imagine like a smarmy twat in a wine bar. Someone just tipped yeah. a, pot, a pot noodle on his head. That's Paul Nicholas. Okay, so yeah, Paul Nicholas, and then I'll be going with Brian Blessed as our uh, Brian Blessed with an accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. he's our bad guy, yeah. and he's sneaking into the country with a army of beret wearing sleeveless Argentinians. <laughs> Argentinian, French, anyone the UK had a beef with at the time. I think a lot of them look like Diego Maradona because obviously Maradona yeah. here was an immense footballer and actually, you know, a socialist hero. But actually, for an England fan, was a shit because of the hand of God goal in 86. Mm. So I think we set it around 86, 87. And mm. like Maradona, the kind of small, kind of stocky, Fluffy hair, so all the villains look like Diego Maradona, basically. Yeah, like all the kind of stock henchmen look like him. Yeah, I'm just gonna fan that flame. Paul Nicholas's character. Oh, what's his name gonna be? Oh, so he's he's an eighties kind of forward thinker who actually comes across a certain way, but actually isn't. So I think now I wrote some names down for 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 shits. <laughs> Oh, good. Like, go, go when for it. we go. come back, so uh, where are they? Put some interly music on. <laughs> you want an organ? Oh, I've got, I found it. Oh, good. I, I think I've just deleted some names off the list, but I've got <laughs> Ethel Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> And Crandall Fortitude. <laughs> Crandall Fortitude is the name of the politician. Yep. Um, and I think uh, Brian Bless's character should definitely, his surname should be Zanzibar. Yep. Um, Tony Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the idea that the um, <laughs> Fortitude <laughs> is uh, turning on the lights. At Blackpool Tower, when he and he's due to appear, he's made his announcement. Mm-hmm. Tosh Lyons is like, "Fuck this!" And oh, so he's yeah, going to travel did. across yeah, country, yeah. fighting From off the terrorists. Stonehill to Blackpool, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so is Tosh Lyons finishing off his mission? What at the start of the film? Yeah, finishing off his undercover mission when we meet him. I think, yeah, I think he's yeah, yeah like the start of Raiders. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. So it's a mafia-based, I think, UK gang. He's been deep in deep cover. So there's like, oh, there's two warring gangs. They're about to face off. There's a trade. And basically, your Tosh Lyons has been playing them against each other. Yeah. Right? They suddenly realise there's no money in the bag. The drugs are fake. They're about to kill each other. The tension's at its peak. And a, door, a big roller door opens. And there he is. I Either on a bungee wire... Yeah. Or in a VW camper van. I was thinking like a forklift. Like he's yeah. got a forklift from somewhere, but yeah. he can't drive it. Yeah. And actually uh, he's just come out of the pub. Yeah. 
he's, he's had last orders. He's like, oh shit, I've got to finish this mission now. Yeah, he's got a whole pint in one hand, kebab, kebab in the other, an open kebab in the other. Yeah, um, and, and a crisp and a, like a, a Santa hat on. Yeah, um, he's basically been to the Sunnyhill Works too, and he's like, oh shit, I've got to finish this mission. Yeah, <laughs> lads, <laughs> yeah. give me an hour, <laughs> and. They start shooting and he drives through and just basically it's an action sequence. But in the background, you just see this forklift like driving backwards. And at one point he manages to get on the front and one of the, the forks gets caught in his belt and he's just dangling yeah. from the front of it, spinning yeah. his kebab everywhere Yeah, as it drives yeah. around. Um, that's when he gets the call. He's expecting to go back to his son. Christmas has been cancelled. He's furious. And then he gets approached by the, his, his handler, Ted Roach. Ted Roach. It's <laughs> also, we just assume, was the drunk. Yeah. Um, he's got a kind of ferrety look. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, anyway, yeah, Tosh Lines crashes his forklift back into the pub where the Sun Hill Christmas Works dude is. Too, yeah. Karaoke's in full swing. Um, Roach has got a tie around his head. Yeah. Um, and he's on, a, on the bar singing, uh, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Burnside and uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Reg Ollis uh, doing yeah. like Band Aid, yeah, on karaoke, yeah. And um, Roach Bob is like, cries in a chair because <laughs> we never seem to stand up, yeah. <laughs> Roach is like, Hey, he's back, you've done your mission. And Tosh Line just like falls on the floor and prolapses. And he goes, Oh, have you heard? One Christmas is cancelled, that nutsack on the TV has said so. And Tosh uh, angrily shits himself. And then he says, oh, and by the way, um, Zanzibar is back. And then we do a crash zoom into Tosh's red face yeah. as we have a flashback. And I want this, their history, to be even shorter than the Hunter Rostov one. So it's literally just a shot of <laughs> Tosh breaking a chair over Brian Blessed's head. And then it's back. <laughs> Or is Sosline throwing a chair at someone else? Someone else moves out of the way and he hits Brian Burst on the head. Brian Burst goes, what the fuck? And then it literally cuts in the middle of him swearing and then that's their history. That's it. Yeah. And then he goes really red and he goes, right. And he just walks straight out the pub uh, and that's it. That's the last we see of them. And he just puts his fist through the nearest car. It's going to be a cool car. I think car. he runs... There's a Ford Capri driving off and he runs and jumps through the window. <laughs> but just gets stuck. And yeah. you just see the Ford Capri drive off and he's just a pair of feet sticking out the window. And the, the, the driver dives out the car and he's driving the car. He's got like one hand and the other hand on the pedals. And his he, arse he, and legs. He's still eating the kebab with the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> and the cover and the, and the car just crashes into a yeah. into a post now, office. That is all the plot you're getting, listeners. So first off, what is the first, pick a Christmas tradition that you think is possibly uniquely UK, but especially something that you think is a regular thing for Christmas? Um, so uniquely UK. So let's mm. say we've got the kind of Christmas shopping. So it's not like, you know, everyone kind of in scarves and pointing mm. trees. It's just people looking really angry, stomping yeah. down a high street with... <laughs> Wham played in the background. Terrorists walk in. Brian Blessed roars something and just opens up with a flamethrower or, or something. I think Brian Blessed, they've tried to pretend he's Spanish or Argentinian. Mm. 
So he's got jet black beard, jet black, big bushy hair. Eyeliner. Eyeliner. Those kind of tan glasses. Mm. A shirt that's three times too small for him. Yeah. And basically, he's introduced and shouts, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> yes. Because he sounds vaguely Spanish. And yes, yeah. that's, that's his that's his rule. That's his kind of calling card. Yeah. Can a can a kid go up to him, pull it, pull at his shirt? Because I want to go a little bit US invasion USA brute brute brutal with this. Pull it his shirt and go, Are you Santa Claus? Can I sit in your lap? And he's like, fuck off, and flame throws the kid. No, he puts him in a sack. Ties yeah. the sack and then flame throws the sack. Yeah, and just lobs Ro- it. And roasts this on the fire. Yeah. And laughs. And it just cuts him laughing. Yeah, with flames in the foreground. Now, yeah. much like Invasion USA, Tosh is going to just magically appear out of nowhere. Everywhere. Everywhere. So I then like to think we pan across a row of mannequins. Mm. And <laughs> Tosh has, using his deep cover knowledge, is pretending to be a mannequin in the shop window. Yeah. He's committed to the sack so much he's stripped completely naked, yeah, and tucked it between his legs. So he's, but he's clearly a, a rotund old man, yeah, <laughs> really and, red, um, really hairy, yeah. And as one of the criminals walks in front of it, he goes to grab him, but forgets there's a plate glass window, so just smashes through the window, yeah. onto him, um, yeah. gets a load of glass in him, um, and then Brian Blessed sees him, roars Tosh, and runs out. Mm-hmm. And then the other gangsters, the other terrorists sort of open fire with machine guns. Tosh yep. then grabs a machine gun off of the one he's just flattened yep. and starts firing. And I like the fact, like the idea in the first kind of barrage of fire, he only hits innocent people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally just, <laughs> but, but it's almost like to celebrate your music as well. It's just like yeah. everyone cheering music. He's just blapping the shit out of everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think he should dive into a toy shop and they follow him in. And he then appears on roller skates, roller skating through the toy shop, firing guns. Yeah. And then obviously he gets a few, a cool little sequence, give him his due, but then he gets to a point where he's just like, his legs, he's like Bambi on ice. He's just legs he, are all over the place. Can he hide in the laminated Argos catalogue? Like a terrorist, for <laughs> some reason, looking through it, and yes. like page 600, he flips open, and he just goes, ha-ha, and jabs, <laughs> no, jabs the two, two of the tiny pencils in the guy's yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just yeah. smash cut to Brian Blessed back at his base, yeah. like shaking his fist. Um, what's so Rostov used to like to shoot people in the balls. What does mm. Brian Blessed do? What's his go-to go-to move? I think he likes to rip people's testicles off, and then and then put them in a nutcracker, like yeah. he's cracking Christmas nuts. Yeah, but he rips them off first, yeah, yeah. then does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or okay. should have been a turkey or something. Yeah. Okay. Next Christmas tradition. I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna go with um there's a guy circling films and TV shows in the radio times with a black felt marker. Yeah. Ones that he's never gonna watch or record completely forget they're <laughs> yeah, on. Ever, he ever. Just, at all. He's gonna spend a good hour going <laughs> through it, getting annoyed at the fact that the middle section is an entire holiday section, which shouldn't be in there at Christmas, and has to yeah. flip through all that. Yeah. circle loads of stuff he's got so many grand plans to watch this triple bill he, of carry-on films he's not and... sure why there's a cooking section in the middle of it because like no. fuck that I, i'm yeah. not gonna cook braised christmas pork i'm tearing that out yeah yeah he's gonna get up at six o'clock in the morning to watch one of our dinosaurs is missing he circled that and, yeah. he, miss, and he just fucks all of it off he's gonna um, get pissed at 8 a.m and fall asleep in front of the tv yeah. until the queen's speech 
So he's on in the middle Queen's of speech. <laughs> you, oh my you took, god! You took a mouthful and got so excited you couldn't wait to I swallow did. it. <laughs> you did a spit take. I did. You... I did. <laughs> um, okay, we'll, we'll come up with that next. Oh, please! So there's a guy doing the radio times. A terrorist turns up and just try. All they're trying to do is take the radio times off him, and then it's trying to give him the TV times. Yeah, no, I don't know. I have this one. He's like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. So, how does Tosh appear? What does he do to resolve this? I think he he opens up the Radio Times and there's a picture of Edmonds and he punches through it and he appears out in in the middle of the Radio Times and goes, Yeah, I'll show you. Watch this. Just shoots him. (laughs) And then he he rolls it up and just starts twatting him on the penis with it. So, then uh, Queen's speech. Yep. So are they are they inter- are the terrorists interrupting people watching the Queen's speech or are they interrupting the recording of the Queen's speech? I think literally they they stole where the Queen's speech is recorded. So I, I, I don't want to ruin any surprises. I just want to be clear. Mm-hmm. He's going to rescue the Queen. No. Oh, okay. This. He basically, they do a double take. Yeah. And he's dressed as the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> They go, right, here you go, Your Majesty. Yeah. You know, you, you record what we say. They've given her a message. And it's yeah. like, you know, you, you, we're going to blow everyone up. And she's like, I'm not reading this. And they go, what? And then it's Katosh yeah. <laughs> with a wig and a crown. And, fights like, him off. You? and he's like, how have you? And he's like, ah. and he fights him off. I think he then realises, oh, hang on, I've got a captive audience. So he delivers his own Christmas speech. Mm. which is a, a drunken rant. He falls asleep twice during this yeah. as well. And then <laughs> it, punctuated by the occasional flatulence <laughs> and belch. He's wearing grey trousers and yeah. the, the zip's like they open. <laughs> yeah. And they realise when he's falling down, it just, it, a big wet patch just appears on his leg. <laughs> yeah. He's just wet himself. And that's the end of the Queen's speech. Yeah. I'd like one where there's a kid who's crept down Christmas Eve and he's like feeling the presence under the tree mm. <laughs> and terrorists come down the chimney. Um, and then Tosh literally appears out of the tree, but just kind of takes the Co- tree with him, just falls out. Covered in needles. Yeah, yeah. It's a real tree. He lands on bulb. It's basically like the whole end of home alone in one scene. He's got yeah. like bits of bauble stuck in him. Um, <laughs> the kid gets flattened. All the presents get ruined. Um, and then when the, the parents come down, he then tries to get up the chimney, gets stuck halfway, has a couple of heart attacks. <laughs> they pull him out. He's like, a, <laughs> he's, he's like head to foot in soot. He's like a piece of charcoal. <laughs> they drag him out and the parents just start kicking on the floor. He can't it, feel a thing because he's numb from the eyelids down. Um, <laughs> he tries having sex with the mother. Oh, totally. Fa- falls asleep on top of her. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Um, any other Christmas traditions we want? Uh, I think to... it, there's some way they they, they gate crash the recording of Band Aid. Yeah, and he's on so the there's recording. Lot, there's lots of like celebrity cameos. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they're, all these British pop stars are going to record Band Aid. You know, we'll kill we'll kill them all. Hmm. And he appears on Band Aid, but like not dressed as a pop star, like you know, a male pop star. It's not like. You know, uh, Sam Le Bon or something like that. He's dressed as like 
Bananarama. Yeah, oh, this is Cheryl Baker, but she wasn't on. <laughs> she wasn't on Bandai, was she? <laughs> yeah, Bananarama, like big blonde wig. <laughs> yeah, like corset. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of his tits is out. Um, <laughs> it cuts to him. His line comes up. Yeah. So the terrorists are there. Like they keep letting him sing it, but they're threatening him. Like when you finish, we're going to kill you. And it cuts yeah. Tosh Lyons, uh, his his verse, and it's just got awful. Yeah. That's someone backing over Brontosaurus in a poorly maintained Volvo or something. It's yeah. just like awful. And everyone looks at him and he just shrugs and then he pulls out. He's got an M60 machine gun, but he's still cupping one of his ears like he's recording as he's firing it. Did he and fire just... through Bob Gales off? Oh, yeah, yeah. Midge your buys it straight away. Yeah, yeah. And yet, despite all this, Boy George still delivers an incredibly moving solo. Yeah. I think Tosh Lyons should appear from within a turkey at some point. Like they remove that first layer of stuffing and then he pops out firing two oozes. Yeah. I like the idea of this film, like each each little Christmas vignette gets quicker and has less context. So it's literally just him leaping out of a turkey firing yeah, and some yeah. terrorist diet. And then we just cut to another one, cut Absolutely. to another one. Noel's Christmas presents. He pops out one of the presents. Yeah, he pops out the presents and kills Noel Edmonds and then everyone at home cheers. Yeah. Because that is a fucking god-awful boring programme that used to last yeah. like six hours. So many hours. Yeah. So many hours. So let's go straight to Blackpool Tower. Um, Paul Nicholas is turning on the lights. Brian Blessed is met in there. Yeah. Brian Blessed is going to throw, I don't know, petrol bombs off of the Blackpool Tower or something. They've got his yeah. kid. Um, his army of Diego Maradona is coming yeah. up the seafront. And so Tosh Lines is going to do a diehard thing. He's going to get on the lift, but on the bottom of the lift yeah. and go up. But yeah. the lift, he gets his crotch caught on the bottom of the lift. Yes, he does. So he's kind of hanging legs and, and like a weird arch and yeah. he's hitting these metal rungs as he goes up. Um, and he manages to climb out and then basically it's him versus Brian Blessed stripped to the waist yeah. uh, on Blackpool Tower. I like the idea that fairground music is playing in the background at this point. Yeah. Um, or Shaking Stevens, but like an organ version. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they have a big wrestle, completely unchoreographed. Yeah. Um, and there's a really horrible scene where maybe one of their trousers falls down and they roll, you know, the glass platform that you can stand on in the Blackpool Tower? Yeah, yeah. They roll onto that. So it's like a disgusting spam Garfield. <laughs> I quite like that, that Tosh has got miniatures sellotapes to his chest. So when he rolls over, they'll crack open. Yeah. Just like glass and miniatures everywhere. Like everywhere just looks like stink and stick to Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> and he catches fire at one point. One of the lights goes and he's on fire. Um, because he's covered in alcohol. Can we have uh, one of the one of the I don't know, a sight gag? What's that horrible Christmas drink? Like yellow. Eggnog. Is that is it Advocar that's in that? Oh, alcohol? Advocar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's eggnog. It's just some sort of eggnog joke. I know. I like the fact he's been mixing drinks. So he's been having like Drinks you only ever drink at Christmas, like Bailey's, but also vodka and beer yeah. and fizzy drinks. And he's puking this weird mixture up all everywhere as well. Yeah. That's dissolved through Blackpool Tower. Yeah. Um, and it starts to kind of bend and arch towards the sea. Um, <laughs> and uh, trying to find a way to get Paul Nichols speared on the end of Blackpool Tower. Like Ming at the end of Flashcard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can Paul Nicholas be on a pier doing yes. like a really like shit 
like this is why I've cancelled Christmas. Mm. But he's got he looks like Ming, he's got cape and like massive drawn on eyebrows. Yeah. Um and he's like he's got his curly hair, but it's been shaved and it's so it's further back. Yeah. And he's laughing. Okay, so the tower collapses and I quite like the fact as well we, we could do like what um Invasion USA did in the beginning when it kind of like Florida what's in Florida it's you know hoverboats and mm. alligators what's in Blackpool what's the wildlife in Blackpool donkeys <laughs> can there be a donkey chase yes absolutely yeah so two fat overweight men on small horses oh that would be great okay how about the tower falls to the left first mm. and they Blessed and Tosh fall into a, a big dipper, and that's going around the roller coaster, and they're fighting. Mm. And then they fall out of the top of that. Then have a little donkey race, and they 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 play chicken. They run towards each other. Yeah, remember the at the end like of crawling on the floor because it's just like overweight. <laughs> you know, at the end of Mission Impossible Two, where they drive the bikes to each other and they leap off. Yeah, this, but the two donkeys hit each other, and the two fat men just collide, and everyone falls to the floor. Yeah, and Brian Blessed just dies. Yeah, yeah. The character just dies of a coronary. He doesn't. Tosh doesn't kill him. He just his heart gives up, and then Tosh, the the chemical sludge of alcohol, he sets fire to it, and it launches the tower like a rocket, like a firework, yeah. into Paul Nicholas. And what I think would be funny is much like Invasion USA that ended its credits almost immediately after the villain died. Mm. Could we end this film? mid-death like it hits him and he halfway through his screen just the credits come up yeah yeah, yeah. um but there's I, no you have done is we've with the credits go to black but we've still got the blackpool tower that we've just drawn over a background that mm. flies towards the credits and we just kind of goes someone goes bang <laughs> i like the, the end the end shot is just someone throwing a dart into a signed autograph of paul nicholas <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we've got brian blessed to shout bang yeah over the top of the credits like it cuts <laughs> to black and he just goes bang um, but then it's tosh line singing the entirety of band-aid it's <laughs> <That is> really <laughs> really drunk <laughs> you can but you can hear you can you can audibly hear him shitting himself throughout it yeah that he's not holding the microphone the microphone's kind of been dropped in a pub and he's just sat next to it singing <laughs> At one point, he falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point, he tries ordering a taxi, gets really angry. <laughs> oh. I, I think we just call it Tosh Lyons' Christmas Cracker. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we just call it call it that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's beautiful. And the cover be like Escape from New York. <laughs> Yeah, but with the Blackpool Tower collapsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's him with an eye patch uh, yeah. on, on a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Firing a gun off, but it's hitting an innocent bystander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hitting like a, a crowd of children. Yeah. And Paul Nicholas is in the background looking like Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> He's like slightly faded out. Yeah, and we released the uh, Tosh Lines version of of Live Aid. No, the tie-in was the cast of the Bill singing Live Aid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, with um, um, Bob Pryor doing Bono's line. 
but then it, what happens is he's singing it, but he, he, he strains so far backwards that he's sat on the chair still and the chair just tips over. <laughs> so we don't, he doesn't finish the line. Well, I mean, what a Christmas cracker. What it's got everything. Cracker that is. Yeah. First of many Tosh lines. Oh, he'll be back. Justice, justice, justice. So all that's left is what did we learn from watching Invasion USA? What can we add to our uh, manual of justice designed to inform anyone out there seeking a life in crime fighting or justice seeking? What have we learned and what do we think we could pass on via the magic of the written word? I think the country you live in is terrible, horrible. Mm. Clearly, anyone wanting to take over it is worse. Yeah, I think is the message. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just immediately suspicious of somewhere wearing a beret. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that berets and a lack of sleeves normally correlates with a lack of uh, moral compass. So, for you eagle-eyed crime fighters, if you see a beret wearing sleeveless person, you can just open fire. Go for it. Yeah, and clearly, if there's these shits in, you know, the vicinity, mm. you get some sort of supernatural Batman-esque powers. Yeah. Or you just appear on rooftops and know this shit's going down. Yeah. Oh, I would also say, that just bear in mind that um, if you're going into any kind of situation that require you to engage in combat, either armed combat, stealth tactics, sabotage, martial arts, denim is an all-in-one tactical outfit the yep. tighter your jeans what more would you want in a in a kind of life or death situation than your testicles feeling like they're being gripped by uh, a gauntlet like you just want to be so tightly wound in um that, sh- that lifting your leg even a centimeter might threaten to prolapse you know i noticed you know like his kind of male camel toe yeah he looked like chuck norris's face in his trousers <laughs> <laughs> Like that yeah. kind of lifeless, <laughs> yeah, absolutely blank yeah, face. You could have cut to a reaction shot of his male camel toe, and probably you wouldn't have noticed the difference between cutting back to a more expression than his actual face. Yeah, what a movie! What a bunch of lessons to be learned, all wow. absolutely valid, and what another wonderful Christmas as Jesus would have wanted it. Exactly. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And uh, I'm not going to say Happy New Year because it probably won't be. Do you remember January? <laughs> You're getting that again. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming back. <laughs> yeah. All this bright, glittery shit and food and whatnot, all that's gone in January. Just the cheese hangover and yeah. a fat back. <laughs> <laughs>